what people can do to like, you know, kind of not avoid it, but like just build more self-awareness is um, do some inner work, honestly. And it could even start with something so simple as like being mindful of who you're following on Instagram or what you're seeing on social media, right? Um, There are so many content creators, some of them mental health professionals, some of them not, Um, you know, be around people who get it, who can validate you. And and I think over time you start building that self-validation. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday and welcome back for another episode. We're a little, you know, delirious right now. <laughs> we we gather here to... <laughs> I feel like we're about to do communion. Was, <laughs> it's like, we're going to church. Emily, take us. Take us to church. <laughs> We gather stones, never knowing what they'll mean. <laughs> I was going to try and like quote my tears ricochet. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. My since, tears do rec- ricochet since it's been confirmed by... Essentially, since the, by the look on Ryan Reynolds' face. Oh, yeah. I was going to say my, confirma- my confirmation was Ryan Reynolds no longer following Joe Allen on Instagram um, because I was holding out hope. I was holding out hope but you know it is what it is and you know ever since people have been talking about this and I re-listened to Midnight's I think she'd been telling us all along it's a girl desperately trying to hang on to a relationship I was Midnight Rain he wanted it comfortable I still think that's about Taylor Lautner Um, I mean it it could be but it also could have a double meaning yes you know so. But I think you need to listen to, if you want to hear the truth, Lover. listen to Lover again, oh, because it's um, not a love album. Remember how I was saying I was in my Lover era? I have been listening and listening and listening, and I Reputation am listening in a different... Is the love. Yeah. Yes. Reputation is the love album. Yes. Uh, Lover is a girl desperately trying to hang on to a relationship. To love. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You are very correct. Every I'm, time I I'm listen to, to believe, it, I'm like... Yeah. Started like he's death the by a thousand prince. cuts, like, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, starting man. to believe that he really is the heartbreak prince, and she is Miss Americana. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her movie's literally called Miss Americana. I wonder when this happened. I wonder when it became rocky, because that's what people have been speculating that like things have been kind of rocky, and they've been trying to muster through or whatever mm-hmm. so i wonder if it was like well and then someone also brought up the fact that like you know they got together and then COVID happened and they were just like in this isolation bubble mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i know which i know is more taylor's vibe anyways but you know she when she wants to be seen she is seen that's why so, she's been in new york so often i feel like i'm back mm-hmm. in 1989 again I know, like and I'm era. like, I'm like, can you stay in New York for two more weeks? <laughs> why, why are you there now? <laughs> I know why she's there now, but like, I'm like, are you gonna be back? <laughs> I mean, she has been. So between her tour dates and everything, so who knows? Do you know that I would literally die? You I would wouldn't freeze up and pass. I out. I would literally pass out in the middle of the road. 
Because I don't know. I think I would be starstruck. I think she is the one celebrity that I have looked up to my entire like singing career that I genuinely don't know if I'd be, be able to formulate a word. I feel like I'd just be really shocked at how tall she actually is. I would be shocked at the height because <laughs> we are short. We are short ladies. We are very short. I know. I know. Um, I radiate five, eight energy y'all. Like I, I, I understand that this is a disappointment to you to find out that I am five, two, um, because I yeah. know that I am a tall goddess queen. Like that's the energy I give off. I get it. Like but, I totally understand. Like, but she no. would literally tap my head like she did when she was hugging Sabrina Carpenter. Like I would be at that level, you yeah. know. So <laughs> I'd be looking up, literally looking up to her. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. But they I, said the end know, is coming. I mean, everybody's up to something. Everybody was up to something, Joe included. Uh, I thought it was funny and myself included when I was like, oh, are we going to get a like breakup album? And everyone's like, we already got the breakup album. And I'm like, what was it? And they were like, Midnight's. And I was like, what? And that's when I went back and re-listened and I was like, I see where people are coming from. But we also have to keep in mind that she said that this is over the course of her entire career, that these are right. songs from Sleepless, 13 Sleepless Nights from her entire career. So it, it's not all about Joe, I don't think. I don't think so either. I think maybe yeah. there's one or two on there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that sentiment. And I was like, I don't think this is like the breakup album. I, I hope we get, funny. I just want to get a fun, I just want another fun. 1989 album? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Are we getting Speak Now TV soon? This is the have, vibe that I'm no. catching. Why are, we, why are you asking me? I know I work in I music, know. but I have no insider track at all. I, <laughs> I know. I just, what, I just need to know what side of TikTok you're on. Because right now I'm on Jonas Brothers TikTok. I've given up <laughs> on like the speculations of, oh my God, like this this number equals this, this number and it's 13. <laughs> and that's what she's going to drop. The bitch is going to drop it whenever she wants whenever to drop it. Whenever she wants to. Exactly. She's like, I feel like she's like, the more you keep like speculating, the longer I'm going to oh, Well, she's just going to do the total opposite like if that was her plan she'd be like nah <laughs> we gotta come up with something else <laughs> so i'm just like you know what i'm just i give up i give up mm-hmm. taylor you win um taylor, so taylor always wins <laughs> i just i'm gonna be really sad to hear the reputation taylor version because delicate is one of my favorite songs delicate is one of my favorite songs so yes Mm-hmm. And that has been a song for me that I like have really clung on to, especially with some writing because it's a really beautiful song. That and then <sighs> King of My Heart, which is also one of my I favorite songs. That's a really good one too. I hope she re-recorded them like before they broke up, so like it's not like sad for her to have to like go back and yeah, you know, yeah, listen and everything. Um, but she looks she, like she's thriving. I mean, yeah. I mean, you oh, were even saying... Me. I've been were, tuning into Demois. Yeah, you were saying earlier, like, the vigilante shit choreography itself, like... She we, got... We have she a is bejeweled again. She is she bejeweled is. again. That is what it is. Like, and I, I, I listened to that. It's like, I miss you, but I miss sparkling. She truly missed sparkling. I think that meant that she missed being in front of her fans and she missed performing because she is a theater kid at heart. She's literally Rachel Berry personified. Uh, One <laughs> thousand percent. Yes. So like, 
she is like Tinkerbell. She likes applause. She needs applause to live. And I definitely think she missed being in front of her fans. And this is where she feels at home. This is where she feels like she is herself. And you can see that she is in her element. She comes alive on that stage. I mean, I've only seen through the screen of my phone because I don't have tickets to the Eras tour yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet being the operative yet, word, we are though. manifesting this. I am. We are yeah. going to this tour. So, but uh, yeah, I. I don't think we're going to get another new album from her anytime soon. And I agree. that is totally fine because at the same time, that was my one thing. Everybody's like, oh my God, the breakup album, the breakup, like the new, the next album's going to be amazing. I'm like, she is also a real woman who is also processing emotions. She does um, not need to release a new album at all right now. Exactly. Like, literally, when did I break up with my ex? Five years ago? Mm-hmm. Something crazy like that? And I'm just now getting around to like At a putting, stage where you putting can do that it, yeah, yeah. into music. Like, yeah. yes, I wrote I wrote things fresh that like I've I've since reworked. Mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote things that were good, but like it takes time and it takes like reflecting on those things. I think even like the people, even like Kelly Clarkson's divorce album. Like, I bet she took the time to like really reflect and really figure out how she wanted to word things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people, I think some people are great at just turning around and doing it. Like, I don't know how much time was in between Kelsey Ballerini's divorce and her album, but like, I think that, I think that it's fine to write things out of frustration or, you know, sadness or whatever immediately, but then taking, taking the time almost away from it and then coming back to it, you can almost, see it in a new light you're more reflective yeah and, and you, you can, can see be, your own wrongs you can see your wrongs and then you can also tell the story with more eloquence is that a word yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah but she has a solid support oh yeah. yeah 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 for sure definitely so i am interested to see what trans and the looks that she is serving and i yeah i'm i'm i love seeing taylor back in her 1989 era it's great for me i I love it i also love it it's (laughs) one of my favorite albums it's perfectly fine with me Uh, (laughs) i love it but what has been your captivation as of late so speaking of taylor swift um not taylor swift gracie abrams (laughs) I mean, um, you know, she is opening up for her. Yes, so that's fine. why I said that's a, that was my smooth transition. Um, first off, I I just love Gracie Abrams, but um, her song feels like I have been really, really, really into lately. Um, I think it's such a cute little song, and it's so good. And it's just like one of those songs that like I feel like almost everyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first one on her EP. This is what it feels like. And I just think she is a really, really, really great songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm also very excited to follow her like career journey. Um, and I would love to see her open for Taylor. That's all. <laughs> Don't be subtle. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so mine Thank you so much for asking. You're very welcome. <laughs> a product, you know, I'm over here always recommending shows. This is something you can actually physically buy. Um, 
It is the Refi Lip Sculpt. It is a lip pencil, and I have, you know, I've seen this brand. You probably have seen them all over TikTok, Instagram. Like, they're really known for their brow lamination um, kits to kind of, like, give you that, like, laminated look. But I swiped this lip liner on my hand while I was in Sephora the other day, and I couldn't get the sucker to come off. I was so impressed. I, I, I really liked the color. I had got blush, and then I'm going to go get rosewood, too. But, yeah, I swiped on the back of my hand, and then there's, like, this, like, matte kind of silicone gel that comes with it. I thought it was a lip gloss at first, and I was kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, it's matte. And then I realized what it does is that it sets the lip liner to give it a more natural look, like you didn't line your lips, so it kind of blends in mm, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then it sets it, and baby... This shit ain't going anywhere. I, I went and got oysters and like was slurping back oysters eating a lobster roll. <laughs> slurping them back. And this shit didn't go anywhere. So 10 out of 10. I'm very, very impressed and we'll be getting more colors. I need to try it. that because that is why I am so against lip liners because I feel like they just like smudge all over my face. But see, I I can't wear lipstick unless I have a lip liner because the waxiness in the lip liner helps to keep it within my lips. Yes, um, yes. So. No, I totally understand the purpose. I just am scared of them. But that one would be a good starting place. I need me. to show you how to do your lips. That's what yes, I need to do. Yes, I'll in bring New York. my pillow talk because I have uh, it. Okay. I just don't know what I'm doing. If I'm being honest, okay. okay. <laughs> But I've also been gua shying every single night. Um, and I have literally no idea if it's doing anything. It just feels very nice. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it every morning. I'm doing it every night. I have a rose quartz gasha that I've been doing along my neck and on my face. And then the other day when I got out of Pure Bar and, like, my muscles were really achy, I, like, took it to my muscles and was, like, massaging mm. them out. Because I've yeah. had, I have had a massage where they used to gua sha on my back. And I thought that I did a really good job at kind of, like, you know, just smoothing everything out and it felt really nice so i've been doing that a lot lately as well i just wanted to add that in there um because i know at one point you started washing as well and then i had a friend who came and stayed with me last weekend and she told me she does it like for 10 minutes every morning and every night and she's seen a difference and we all know I got the mouth tape. Like, I'm trying to perfect this jawline even so more. So we're trying to get rid. Um, I'm trying to get rid of I, my double double chin. I but have that's a not good going jawline. <laughs> I have a good jawline, but it could be even stronger. Yeah. Um, I'm basically just trying to get that strong jawline without Botox. Um. Mm-hmm. So like we, we like we like a cheaper option. <laughs> we like we got a good chin going on. Um. We just need the like sharper like right angle back where like my skull meets my ear. That's what I'm trying to get on. And I know you're like. Wow, details. I, just, I, no, it's it's presenting a very good visual for the listeners, so I, yeah. I do appreciate the details. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. like I, Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all righty, gals. So today we have a very special guest that we are so thrilled to have on the show. We are talking about a topic that I want to preface like a trigger warning for some people in case this is something that they may not feel comfortable with. We are talking about trauma. We don't go into specific details really at all um but you know i do share like a little bit of my story that i had um with a former ex our guest shares some stories as well too but just want to go ahead and preface that like if you're not in a safe space and you're not comfortable like 
maybe this is where you end the episode and tune in next week or subscribe and listen to more of our other episodes. We have literally over 170 episodes you can pick from. I'm sure there's something in our catalog that you will definitely love and prefer, but we wanted to talk to um, our guest Carmen today about this because this is a topic that while we've lightly dusted over it and I still feel like we didn't go too deep into it. We still are gently touching the surface of it because we know this is something that is triggering for a lot of people. And we know this is something that also a lot of people can relate to. And they want to know like where they can start blooming relationships from where they can, you know, start new connections, whether that is platonic or romantic. Um, so we do get into the discussion of, you know, building new connections with trauma. How do you address that? So it is a very light dusting of the subject still, but I hope that you gals are able to listen and enjoy it. And, I am so excited for you guys to hear it, but before we get into it, make sure you guys um, do follow us on our Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod. We are going to have like more content, more reels and stuff covering everything that we talked about in today's episode on there. And then you can follow us on our personals at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. And we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. But before we do that, let's do some ad reads real quick. Alrighty, gals. So joining us today, she is the host of the Girls Gotta Heal podcast, a child and youth care practitioner, educator, peer support facilitator, author, and mental health advocate, all the way from Toronto, Canada. Everyone, please welcome Carm. Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you on. We have been loving a lot of your content recently, and we have really just been attracted to like all your social media. And we thought, you know, we haven't ever really like tackled and jump into like, you know, trauma and like getting into new relationships. I mean, we give dating advice so often on this podcast, and this has been like the one subject that we haven't really dipped our toes into much yet. And I feel like once we discovered you and we loved your energy and your vibe from your podcast, like we were like, this is the girl that we really want to, you know, have this discussion with and really just dive into it and see if our gals, our listeners, if they, uh, if their questions can be answered and if the, you know, they can find support through you. So we are so excited to chat with you all about that today. But before we get into all of that, we always ask our guests at the top of every episode for a captivation, something that they're currently just obsessed with and can't get enough of. And we'd love to know, are you currently captivated by anything? Um, a few things, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is the show Love is Blind, which just finished. Uh, oh my God. Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. For me, I'm like, I'm a psychology major. I'm always interested in behaviors and it's a reality show, but it's also like, a social psychology experiment. So I'm, oh, I was just so captivated by that. I'm like, I need to see this through. I need to see what happens. And I had my predictions and stuff like that. So um, I would say that as well as uh, the SZA SOS album. That's just been like all month, every day. Mm, yes. For me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, so I have to ask, were your predictions correct for Love is Blind? Or Yeah. Yeah, nice. for sure. <laughs> Isn't that so wild how like you can have knowledge in something and then use that knowledge in something like a TV show and (laughs) actually like see it through and be like, yep, I called it. Like I knew, I knew that was going to happen or like they were showing signs that this was going to happen. So interesting. 
Did you yeah. have a favorite pairing on the show this year? I did. It was definitely uh, Tiffany and Brett for sure, because mm. it just seemed so seamless. Like, of course, they had their own challenges with merging their lives together, but they both just seemed so emotionally available and ready. And it was just like no nonsense, like no drama, nothing. They didn't even show them entertaining other people. It was just down to it. So I think like, I don't know, that's really good TV for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to watch the live finale. I still have not seen the reunion or anything because I couldn't get it to work, but I am excited <laughs> to watch it finally. It to work. I blame I'm Netflix. To say, I, yeah. I, I waited like the hour and 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have enough time to like run upstairs and like take my makeup off? Or I was like, I bought sushi and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat this throughout the whole hour. And I'm like, shit, I finished my food before it came on. I hate when that happens. Like I need to eat when I'm watching TV. Yes, exactly. I literally hate when I finish my meal before the show starts. Or like if I grab my food before my husband and then he's like, wait, I need to like check on something and then I'm done and I'm like okay great like <laughs> I have nothing I have nothing to eat while I watch this yeah 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 and the worst is when you can't find anything to watch and you're like what yeah. am I gonna do just I'm how am I supposed to eat my dinner like I'm supposed to just sit here and enjoy the meal like a what am I like yeah I need to watch yep. this season I watched I guess it was the last season with SK and Raven were they on last season did you watch did you I didn't watch the third season, I did not but watch I, it. I think uh, they were. Yeah. I was really rooting for them. And then I got really hooked into like um, Nick Files podcast when Raven was on. And it was just like this whole spiral thing. And now I'm like, I really need to keep up with the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. I love a fellow Love is Blind lover. So that is amazing. But we're going to – I'm going to try and make this like 180 twist <laughs> into sure, like, go for it. <laughs> and into <laughs> – dating but trauma so I know it's not the smoothest thing I've ever done in my entire life but I would love for um you to tell like us and the gals just a little bit about yourself and your background and what got you into creating like your podcast and talking about these various topics yeah for sure so um Girls Gotta Heal was really created over over years really of just manifesting it and manifesting the the resource and the community and space that I needed myself as a young person. Um, I experienced quite a lot of tragic losses, um, really bunched together close in time. Like it was a lot of funerals all at once. It wasn't, you know, I couldn't catch, catch a break. And I was in the midst of, you know, transitioning, being, um, going from high school to uh, university and starting that exciting chapter and being around peers who were just excited and talking about exams. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, my dad just passed away. My grandmother just passed away. So um, I had to deal with a lot of grief and trauma as well during that time. And it uh, just kind of progressed like really from age 15 all the way. I just turned 30 last year. So 15 uh, to mid 20s. And I really feel like the last few years I've been able to knock on wood, catch a break and really just um, grow into who I am as a person. So I started I started Girls Gotta Heal a few years ago. Um when I was at a place where I had done a bit of healing work on myself and I had wanted to share um, and support other people who found themselves in similar positions where I was, where they, their peers were, couldn't really connect too much or, um, you know, there weren't resources accessible or available or you were dealing with like taboo or like mental health and grief being taboo in like certain cultures. 
So um, when I was in the space too, I had created it and um, yeah, over time I've been able to connect and not only sharing my story, but also currently like what I go through still as a healing person and Mm. still as someone who experiences challenges with their mental health and self-doubt and all these things. So um, it's just kind of evolved and I hope it continues to uh, as I grow myself. That's amazing. Like, I think one thing that we always hear from our listeners is they appreciate like our vulnerability that we're able to express within our podcast, like through certain relationships that we've gone through and certain moments in our life. And I think your ability to also be vulnerable as well with your audience and even still to this day, like currently updating them, like is really tremendous. And it's really nice to know that you know, people don't feel so alone and that there's someone actively maybe going through the same thing that they are. And it's just comforting, I think, and refreshing because you don't often get that online, especially with certain like podcasts and creators. So I commend you for doing that. And I absolutely love that you do that. Um, Yeah. And I also to kind of piggyback on that, I think it makes it way more real in the sense that like you're growing with it as well. And you're kind of figuring out what works for you and learning from things that you've done in the past that maybe didn't work and now you're trying something different. And so it's really encouraging to kind of see that like we don't have just like the answer that fixes all the things, but like we're learning as we grow and as we encounter more things in our future and in our everyday lives. You're an actual human <laughs> in <Yeah>. that sense. <laughs> Which makes yeah. it so much more relatable than just like, you know. A picture perfect things. like cutout yeah. reel of like what – healing is supposed to look like. I literally posted on my story today. um, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but uh, I was, I, over the summer and last fall, I was creating this video uh, called connecting through grief. It was just this short um, about grief and how you change through the seasons. And it was supposed to be this like very like serious thing. And uh, my friend was recording us and um, just nature happened. And I got like slapped in the face by a bundle of leaves so I had posted that today and I'm just like this is how my week is going so I'm just like oh um like you're trying to make like, this like aesthetic film you know yeah. and then you're just like a bunch of leaves at your face which yeah, is like totally like, life like yeah this beautiful plan and then something like slaps you in the face so yeah so I try to be as uplifting as possible and empowering mm-hmm. but um there's definitely those real days like I'm human too like I experience uh, relationships ending, breakups, um, grief waves, sadness, like confusion. Like, am I doing the right thing? Like, I'm 30. I'm supposed to you know what I'm doing, and I'm I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, <laughs> those real moments too, I try to capture when I'm in the space too. Absolutely, it's yeah. almost like a big sister or like a best friend kind of approach to it. I think so. You're like I'm just trying to like be like a real person, and I think that one thing we've done with our show that I we've heard like feedback from like our, our gals, our listeners is I went through a breakup at the very early stages of this podcast and I was very vulnerable about it. I shared what I went through, even what I was learning in therapy, like from that breakup. And mm-hmm. one thing that I found out in therapy was like my therapist straight up was like, let's just call this what this is because I don't think you're going to get to that point where you understand like this is trauma. And I yeah. like, I honestly was like, Oh, like I didn't realize that what I was experiencing was trauma. I thought it had to be so much more visceral and so much more um, monumental in a way and just like physical. And she's like, no, like you were literally having panic attacks from the sight of seeing this person. Like that is traumatic. Mm -hmm. And 
I think me sharing that story to our gals like really helped to highlight a little bit about that and just able to be like, oh, like it doesn't have to be like this stigma or this um, this monumental gigantic event in your life. Like it can be little things and it's important to, you know, see that, take care of yourself and get the healing that you need so you can prosper and grow from it. And I feel like you you've done a great job of that with your content as well. And I'm curious about how people approach this and how they're starting to like trying to like recognize like, okay, well, I've experienced trauma. Have I experienced trauma? Is this what I'm going through? Like how can people start to slowly um, identify certain like flags that there's like red flags that they're seeing like in certain moments of their lives that might be trauma? Yeah, I I honestly think the experience is so individual because Mm -hmm. you only know what you know and and how you've been raised, right? So if you came from a family where you didn't really talk about mental health or trauma or your trauma wasn't validated, you've kind of grown up into becoming a youth and adult who's just learned to push it down and survive. And that kind of just spills over into your relationships. So I think um, what people can do to like, you know, kind of not avoid it, but like just build more self-awareness is... um, do some inner work, honestly. And it could even start with something so simple as like being mindful of who you're following on Instagram or what you're seeing on social media, right? Um, There are so many content creators, some of them mental health professionals, some of them not, Um, you know, be around people who get it, who can validate you. And and I think over time you start building that self-validation. We might not be able to get it from like our core people. Um, You know, I've learned that for example, like my mom is not going to be my go-to person to talk mm-hmm. to about relationships. I want it. I want her to be, but she, she just, she's not. So we sometimes expect like our parents to give us so much and provide us with all this. But in, in reality, they're really doing the best that they can with the resources they have. So I think it's important for us like youth and growing adults to just take ownership of our own learning and our own healing and our own growth. So like I said, you know, it could start with just who you follow on Instagram, you know, the friends, the people that you attract, the spaces that you're in, you know, plant yourself in in situations and environments where you can learn. And sometimes that's really scary for people. Like they just don't, they would rather not like addressing their feelings is like too scary, Uh, but you have to really want that for yourself. And, And unfortunately it does sometimes come Um, or present itself in the way of like, you have to go through a really bad relationship to realize, oh my God, I actually do need to do some work on myself. And it's unfortunate that it comes about that way for some people, but sometimes that's just how it is. Yeah. I definitely was in that space where I was like uncomfortable with my own emotions. And I started, you know, just being more vocal about it, being more um, transparent, like with more people other than just Hannah or like my family because I was definitely the person who was like afraid to cry around other people for a very long time it's like a fear of seeing like weak or anything and I definitely don't think that about I definitely don't think that about other people but for some reason I, I had that stigma to myself and when I started like just journaling for the sake of just getting it all out of my head I was able to kind of like understand like my emotions a little bit more and I accepted them a little bit more as well too. And I was able to also, I feel like give self-love to myself like in that way too. And I think I have always said that whenever I'm journaling, I'm not trying to impress anybody with my words. I'm just doing it just so I don't feel like I have all this 
these thoughts like trapped inside my head. I feel like sometimes people want to make sure they're articulating it well. And I was like, I literally am just throwing it out there, like just random words, like whatever I can get it out there the best because it's only for me in that way. Um, But I, I, I realized that by doing that, I was able to kind of like, like I said, like understand my emotions more and understand that like I wasn't quote unquote like broken or um, too traumatized in that way that no one else like would ever love me. And I, I feel like that's a lot of people like they get into that headspace of like, well, maybe I'm too broken for like anybody else. And like, do you, I know the answer to it and I know what the answer is supposed to be, but I feel like there's some people who think like, can you be too traumatized? to be in a relationship? I feel like it's a tricky question because I think someone who has experienced trauma is very capable of having a healthy relationship. Someone who has experienced a lot of trauma, who has not done any work and does not have a lot of self-awareness is going to run into a lot of challenges. And and unfortunately, their partner is probably going to absorb a lot of that too. And it's just going to transfer onto them too. So, um, we see it all the time. People who experience trauma are in relationships and we look at them and this is like on reality TV and we're like, how are you, how are you in a relationship when like, you know, you haven't even done the work on yourself. So mm-hmm. people who have experienced literally are in relationships, but I think it's possible for someone to, who has had a trauma in their life, um, be able to still have a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it was always leaning on support of other people. And I know that supporting somebody who has gone through trauma can be completely different than actually being the person that has had trauma. I mean, like sometimes it also can be, you don't know how to support the person and you want to be like a good friend or a good partner. What are ways that um, if you know somebody that's currently like going through trauma, whether that is a loved one or just a friend, like what are ways that partners who can help those people in their lives? Um, I think what everyone needs is going to be different. And again, individual to them, right? You'll have someone who's like, I need a lot of space. And then you'll have another person who, um, in order you know, for them to feel supported, they need someone who is going to be able to listen to them. Another person might want someone who gives advice, right? So really just understanding what your partner or friend uh, really wants. And you can just honestly ask, you can maybe spend a little bit of time just observing and then ask like, do you want to hear advice from me? Or do you do want me to just listen, right? I think sometimes people are afraid to ask those questions directly. Like you're not offending them. <laughs> you know, I, I would rather you ask me than like start telling me advice and I don't want to hear it. And then it's awkward for me to like stop you. <laughs> just ask. And then, or you that get like irritable. Emily. <laughs> Emily, Emily is so good about saying, do you want advice or do you just need me to listen? <laughs> like, and I appreciate that about our friendship because I feel like, you set it up in a place where I can be like, I just need to vent. Like, please don't tell me what to do. But Or also like, yeah. please tell me what to do. <laughs> like, I I think more people should approach conversations like that because it's – you don't know. Like, you don't know what somebody yeah. wants. Um, so – And it's yeah. generally because I don't usually want other people's advice. I just need a sounding board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh- I know from experience, and Hannah, I'm curious if you've also experienced this, because I don't think me and you have ever had this conversation, especially when you saw me and my relationship with the doctor, who is how I refer to that person. Um, <laughs> okay. Did Was it ever hard to support 
me as a friend or have you ever like how do people if they feel like it's hard because I'm, I'm addressing this also to you Carm how if people feel like it's hard to support that friend like because I feel like there is like emotional exhaustion that can come with that constant feeling like you are supporting them and it's like okay I'm, I'm not a licensed therapist like I'm, I'm just a friend yeah Hannah to you have you ever experienced that and Carm to you what does that look like and how can someone go about, um, you know, like almost like expressing that you have compassion fatigue to a friend without like coming yeah. off as like offensive? Cause I, I it, cause it is a touchy thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go yeah. first, Carm or? Uh, sure. I can go first. I think yeah. um, in, in those times, it's especially important to be um, setting and maintaining boundaries right? You want to be there for your friends. But, um, you know, if you take the example of a friend who's gone through a breakup, and I'm thinking about one I had last summer, I knew I was incredibly needy. And usually I'm the friend that's like, guys, what's going on? I'm checking in. So I knew that, you know, for that time period, I really needed my friends. And I knew I was, I was very aware how needy I was. Um, So I would try my best to communicate with them. Like, do you got, do you have the space or like, I know you're busy at work. Just, you know, message me back when you can. Um, But I think being the friend on the other end, who's hearing all of, all of that. And um, you know, your friend has gone through a lot, a loss or a relationship ending. I think it's important to set boundaries. And that could even look like, um, you know, if you receive a call from them being like, Hey, I just letting you know, I only have 10 minutes. I do want to, you know, hear you. You can call me back at a later time. Like you don't just cut them off, but like you'd kind of redirect them, like reassure them and redirect them when you don't, cause you might not have the space. And sometimes that friend is not being like, Hey, do you have the space to hear me? Like, they're just like, Oh my God, I just thought of him and this and that. Like we just kind of vent, right. Cause we're in that space of like, I need instant support right now. I need like that mm-hmm. warm hug over a phone. So, um, being a friend on the other end is just being aware of like how much, like what your capacity is. Like, did you just finish a long day at work and you don't have the space for it? You can just let your friend know, like hear them for a little bit and just be like, you know what, you can call me back or are you free tomorrow? Or like, can we just text? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't feel like with you, Emily, I've ever felt like compassion ex- exhaustion or anything like that. Um, I feel like because I see you as a sister, so like doesn't, but I I have had people in my life who, like I'm thinking of one person in in particular who like comes to me with a lot of questions and a lot of this and a lot of this and seeking advice and then I give my advice and I give like multiple uh, ideas I guess. And it's like, oh, I've already tried that. Oh, I've already done that. That doesn't work. And I'm just like, mm. what do you – like, do you just need me to validate you? Or, like, do you mm-hmm. – do you are you not really seeking advice? You don't know how to tell me you're not seeking advice? And so for me, like, I get exhaust, exhausted by that because I feel like I just spent 20 minutes having a discussion with you for you to turn around and say, well, never mind. Like, what you just told me doesn't matter. I've already done all those yeah. things. And mm-hmm. so in that kind of situation, I feel like – yeah, I could see where I'm like, at this point, I'm like, when they, this person comes to me, I'm like, mm, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't give it the same energy that I did from the beginning. Um, and so I feel like that's frustrating. And so that's just a conversation that needs to be had. And like, hey, I notice you keep, like, you keep seeking advice and then you don't want advice is what's ending up happening. So mm-hmm. like, how can I better support you? 
Do you like need some validation? Do you just need someone to listen to you vent? Um, And so I think it all just comes back to that like communication piece of just asking straight up like, hey, what do you need from me? I can tell that like, you know, you're, you're needing some sort of support, but I don't know how to give it to you. Like what I've been doing is not working. And so like, how can I better help? And I think that's just what we have to do is we just have to ask and like, it's not a silly question. It's just, I don't know how to help you. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Because one thing that I have noticed within my friendships, and I didn't, I didn't set this boundary, but I, I on purpose, but like I'm glad I it w- went through, I guess, <laughs> and subconsciously <laughs> to my friends. But I had struggled like with like texting codependency that were like the second you text me, I feel like I have to immediately respond, and I or like <laughs> you call me, I have yeah. to immediately call back yeah. and. I've had friends before that would send me a paragraph long of like something that they were going through, whether that was like a breakup or just like a a friendship fight or they needed um, support in any other way. And I would immediately drop whatever I was doing and try to reply. And then I would get off task and then I would feel behind and I would Mm -hmm. be trying to like, you know, just be so distracted. And now I was focusing on work and now my mind's completely all on my friend and it got to the point where I was emotionally exhausted from trying to be that like therapist friend and help all my friends. And I'm so appreciative that many of my friends feel like they can come to me in those scenarios. I'm very thankful for that. But now subconsciously, somehow all my friends are like, hey, like I need, I need like your advice on this. Or like, they'll just text me, they'll just text me that before, you know, dumping a whole paragraph. Or I have a friend that's like, can I redeem my therapist coupon today? <laughs> like, She'll text me that. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate it because then I don't feel like I need to immediately reply or I don't feel like I'm, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I don't feel like I'm being emotionally dumped on um, mm-hmm. yeah. right away. Like I can, like, I want to be there for you. But I also, in that sense, I'm taking care of myself because if I don't take care of myself first and get my stuff situated, I can't fully help you to the extent that you probably need. Um, it's like we always say, like making sure my cup is filled before I fill someone else's cup kind of thing. For sure. And what what would you say like are some um, ways that people can kind of like identify like certain green flags um, when it comes to like building a new friendship or a new connection when they have like a traumatic past, like they want to be able to talk to their friends about this kind of stuff, but they don't know if like, this is like a safe person yet. Or like, if it's too soon, like what are some green flags that they can look out for? Um, I would say firstly, I think a lot of people have developed their own like um, screening process. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Some people might actually like dump first because they want to see how you respond Um, Mm. or they might kind of withhold because they don't want that person to think that that trauma or that incident makes up who they are as a person. They want you to see who they are first. So I think whoever's listening, who has experienced trauma, I feel like you would either be on one end or the other. Um, for myself, I would always, I think my younger self, I would wait to disclose like for a very long time about, um, the losses I had and, um, the things I had experienced in my youth and early adulthood. But now I really just kind of let people know, um, like if, for example, if I'm getting to know someone that I'm dating, um, it's happens pretty quickly and I don't just dump it. I try to just 
because the talk about family always comes up. So um, I do mention it, uh, but you know, I am mindful and like, if you have the space or I can elaborate or we can maybe talk about that another time. So um, I think some green flags to look out for to ensure like, you know, that person is safe and secure for you. It's, it's honestly going to really depend on your own experience, right? You might hold back a little bit longer to feel comfortable, but I think some good indicators that a person is safe and secure who, who you're building a new connection with um, is someone who is willing to listen. And when they respond to you, they're not responding with like a comeback story or like, oh, well, this happened to me too. Like they really take time to like listen and absorb what you're saying and process it. Um, for me personally, those have been really good indicators because um, I need to, like, I, I have a lot to share about my past. So I need to know that someone can hold it and holding it doesn't mean like responding with like a story or like, oh yeah, you know, when I was like five, my grandmother, who I only met twice passed away. And I'm like, you, I don't want a story that tries to compare with mine. Yeah. That's yeah. not what this is. <laughs> it's um, like, that's nowhere near close to what I went through, but um, cool, I guess. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. So it's just someone who who is willing to hold space for you. And you can kind of start detecting that just in some surface level conversations that expand to, to deeper ones. Do you have any examples of like... Like, like, I don't know, because this is something that I personally struggle with. So because I'm always afraid, like, there's a, like a like a gremlin in the back of my head sometimes that's always like, they don't care. Um, <laughs> like, I'm always like, what, are, like, what would be like some surface level like things like just actively listening to you? Like, would you say like that is definitely one? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I'm if, if, if I can't listen to you when you're just talking about how your weekend went. How are they going to be able to hold space for you when you're talking about like, the most valid. traumatic thing in your life? <laughs> this is valid. So, this- that's a very good point. Or like my favorite is when you're like in a group setting and you're talking about something super serious and someone has a side conversation and you're like, I was talking to the whole group, like including that person that you've now distracted from my story. Yes, like not to yeah. like put all eyes on me, but I'm like, you're somebody that I don't want to talk to about these things and maybe that person like doesn't have the capacity in the moment or like maybe they haven't even worked through their own stuff what I've learned honestly as I've gotten a bit older is like probably one of the biggest lessons in my entire 20s is um don't take anything personally and I would I would hold shit over people (laughs) um I'd be like how like how dare you not care about my dad passing away like how dare you but now it's like I'm not taking it personal. Like, I don't know what your experience with True. death or loss or relationships are like, so I can't be taking it personally. But also on the same time, uh, at the same time, you want to validate yourself. And you're like, I want a connection where someone actually, mm-hmm. you know, cares what I'm saying and can hold space for me for five minutes without changing the subject. So yeah. it's also, it's a combination of like not taking things personally while also like knowing what you want in a connection and in a friend. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. or I've been the person that's like been distracted like someone's tried to have a conversation with me and I've just straight up been like like hold on like I was paying like I'm listening to this person like we can yeah. have this conversation in a minute because I am like I am a very big like I like to listen I like to honestly take the uh what's it called when you get the attention off of me <laughs> and like my own issues and like focus yeah. on other people's, which is probably yeah. my own, you know, issue that I need to work through. But also, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> that just bothers me. And I'm just like, I just like, I am invested in this conversation. Right. So like, just give me like five minutes and then I'll come back to you and we can have that conversation later. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've had, I noticed this recently when I was out with a group of friends and we were actually out um, like in a way of having like a memorial uh, for a mentor of ours that recently passed away. And we were all collectively talking and like, you know, sharing stories and, you know, reminiscing on memories of this person. And one person, you know, we, there was our alcohol involved? Yes. But like, we got like super excited and like one person like interrupted the other person. And I think I randomly just said, um, I'm so sorry. Like, so-and-so you were saying like ruining it back to them. Cause they were the ones that were interrupted and they like, were just so elated that I, I did that. Yeah. And I was like. I'm just even surprised that I remembered you were talking because I have ADHD. <laughs> but knowing that, I was like, oh, like that is something that like I would like to do. Like if, you know, that ever occurs again, like just making sure that everybody in that matter is seen or heard. Or if, you know, because if you have a conversation with me since I have ADHD, it can also spin into 5,000 different directions. But if you're the one originally talking, like making sure I'm coming back to you and making sure that you finish your story and what you were saying, because you were the one that's confiding in me in that situation, or I was confiding you either way, like just making sure we get back to square one has always been like a key indicator um, that I think someone's just actively listening to you and cares about you. I honestly think a lot of people struggle with that too. And I don't know if it's like a combination of like their own personal self-awareness is like Mm -hmm. not fully developed maybe they lack perspective or maybe they're super anxious in a group setting like there's so many different variables right uh but yeah those like one-on-one connections when you are building like a new friendship or a new relationship um are really where you're gonna see like can I be safe and comfortable with that person Mm -hmm. right and I kind of want one more thing I wanted to talk to you about was um you know we're trying to build these new connections with friends, but I also want to look at it from like a partnership relationship standpoint too. Um, And we talked about like, you know, people being in relationships who have also experienced trauma. Maybe they haven't finished their healing because, you know, people are still allowed to date no matter what you are allowed to be in a relationship. So it doesn't matter where you're at in your process. How, are there certain ways that your past trauma can start manifesting like in your new relationships? And like, is there things that you can like look out for? And I know it's a case by case situation, depending on like what kind of trauma you've had, but like, do you take a step back in that situation and like put the relationship a pause or like how, how can someone start to like wrestle with that in their mind? Um, yeah, honestly, just you sharing, uh, asking that question just brought me back to, to my last relationship ending because, um, I, I think it's best to just use personal example. Like that's how you kind of get the point across. So I'll just use mine. And I, I think, um, you know, we were two people who came together who felt like we were really ready for companionship and all of that. And we have, we had done our own healing work. And, and, and I think it's important that you said that, you know, you can be in a relationship regardless of what point you are at in your healing, because you can really be someone who has spent like 10 years doing healing work. But when you get into a relationship, so much stuff surfaces, like it's going to happen where your trauma gets reactivated because that person might have um, a parent who 
um, has a relationship with them that reminds you of a relationship you had with your parent 10 years ago before you guys did the work. So um, I think when you're in a relationship and you're merging your lives together, there's definitely going to be things that reactivate your trauma. Maybe they haven't worked through something that you did or vice versa that you have. Um, and uh, I forgot what your last question was. No, it was just, it was just, just mainly focusing on like, you know, I think a lot of people, they think I have to be perfectly healed before I can yeah. be with another person. But one thing that I personally have learned, and I'm sure other gals who are listening to this have also realized that you can heal like while you're single and like do all that work and everything, but putting into practice, like when you're in a relationship can be a whole other thing it's on its own. And like, I often would want to just like back out of the relationship and think I'm not ready yeah. and to get out before like it gets hurt. But I do like encourage in those moments, like for people to like just persevere through it and work through it with their partner. Uh, most cases, yes. I think mm-hmm. that commu- communication is going to be super key, but you might be someone who, you know, you, you feel like you are a good communicator, but when you're in that uh, situation with that person, it's just maybe reactivating a response in you where you shut down. Maybe that reminds you of like a parent wound that you have. And when that happens, you shut down like your younger self did. Mm-hmm. But I would really encourage people to to try their best to push through because you're not going to have like that easy, you know, perfect match right there's going to be things that are are coming up and I think the way that you communicate through that is um going to be the biggest piece right so try your best to to communicate through it um and don't hide things like if you're having a really hard time like communicate with with that person that you're seeing like you know hey um you know you mentioned this and it kind of you know brought me to a different place and I'm this is where my head is at but I think sometimes people want to maintain such a good thing that they just kind of be quiet and they try Mm -hmm. to let it slide and they like eat it instead of saying it, but you know, it's going to just bounce back up. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. if someone was like wanting to like sit down and have this conversation with them, like, do you have any tips for starting that conversation? Like, whether it be like, like you probably shouldn't do it like while you're like in bed laying together or like after like you've had like sex or something, but like, is there like a moment that you feel like it's a comfortable, like, good place to start off yeah definitely like in person I wouldn't do the like hey I have to talk to you type of text because mm-hmm. um, that just worst. naturally <laughs> naturally like induces anxiety so oh, yeah for every party in, yeah so um whenever you're feeling like you're in a safe space so that could just be kind of on the couch at their place or your place and um you really feel like you're in a headspace to share what you're feeling but also receive Um, input because that person if they really care about you they're going to try to you know bring you back down they're going to hear you but they're going to try to like bring you back to the place where you both were at so um, I think just trying to ensure that you're as regulated as you possibly could be um, and not just bringing it up so reactively I like that Mm -hmm. I like that a lot you also have talked a lot about um, you know healing and your own like self-love journey. Uh, what are some like tips that you have, like just, just to start like giving yourself like more compassion and after you've experienced trauma and just like learning to like realize you are amazing and just love yourself again. Yeah. I, I think a really big part is I always say you have to vibe alone for a little bit, get to spend time with yourself, get comfortable with yourself, 
But I also think that when you're in that position of like building self-love and self-love and you want to give yourself more compassion is just surrounding yourself with people who um, either, you know, you've seen them do that for themselves and like kind of that'll inspire you or like they're just really good hearted people and make you feel good. Uh, being in environments where like you're thriving, you might be someone who is super creative and like you love painting. So just having a paint night or like going to a pottery class or something like that. So being in spaces where like, you know, you can feel like your true self. Um, I was going to say something else. I forgot. Well, I was going to say uh, you've also, you created like a whole affirmation journal and as well. Yeah. And um, for me, like affirmations have always been something that I like to, I have a whole deck that I would like to pull in the morning and just like use that mantra to kind of like yeah. channel throughout the day. Is that something else that people can use? Yeah, of course. Uh, so the the guided journal is, um, there's 40 affirmations in there and attached to the aff- an affirmation is um, an activity and an opportunity for you to rewrite that affirmation in the way that most resonates with you. So in that journal, I really challenge you to to get a little bit deeper. It's not just like, there's, there's blank spaces for you to write, but there's prompts that will kind of encourage that deeper thinking and deeper connection to yourself. So that kind of goes hand in hand with like vibing alone, you know, uh, unless you're someone who likes to journal with your friend, but typically no, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> you might, you know, just want to hang out on a Friday night and um, just journal. And I, and I was going to say, I remembered the biggest piece too, is just not comparing yourself. And mm. it's, it's so hard because I don't know, we see friends moving in different directions than us. We see things on social media at my age, I should be doing this. I should be here. Uh, but you know, um, nobody's had this, the same journey you have in the way that you have and, and sees the world in the way that you do. So I think it's really important to, um, combination of like the affirmations, just validating your experience. Um, and just to try to avoid comparing yourself and, um, building self-awareness when you catch yourself doing, doing that, um, put your phone away or like call up your friend, you know, the friend who gasses you up, um, you need those things to uplift you in those moments. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, like you said, not maybe, maybe you like journaling with friends. I, I maybe. Pro- props to you if you can stay focused on that. Cause I can't, but you have a conversation card deck as well, that maybe that might be paired yeah. better with a pal, uh, just to kind of like spark up like a healthy conversation that you need to kind of work through. Yeah, totally. So, um, the conversation card deck was created because again, my younger self, I had a really hard time in connecting with my friends and some of the feedback my friends would tell me is like, Carma, like, I honestly don't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who's experienced, uh, any type of loss, you know, we don't always, we're not always looking for that person who has the right thing to say. Um, we're just kind of looking for someone to listen and someone who wants to honor our experience and, and just kind of make us feel normal. So, um, with my own challenges and having conversations around grief and seeing how my friends and family struggle to have those conversations, I created the card deck. And, um, this is just kind of a little helping hand for, for people to, to get started in initiating those conversations. For me, like growing up, a lot of my most meaningful conversations happen in like car, uh, cars and parking lots with like coffees. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like the card, <laughs> the card deck is like, you could slip it in your purse, keep it in your car and, you know, just ask a couple questions. And I genuinely have done this with, um, with friends. And I remember one of the last times I used the card deck with my friend, like we were, we were talking for probably an hour and a half and we just went through three cards, but it just ignited such this deep conversation. Like, I don't know if either one of us would have asked each other this type of question. Um, maybe mm-hmm. I would, cause I'm that type of person, but um, <laughs> like, I just get deep for, out of note, like 
but they're like, we're just, just trying, trying to, to get through McDonald's. And I'm like, so what do you think about life and how, you know, like, I'm just like that. But um, the card deck is really helpful in that way because it allows you to connect. Like sometimes people have a hard time initiating or like they find it awkward, but it's, um, yeah. And you can even use the card deck on your own as a journal prompt. Like these are good questions to reflect on your own with your partner. If you're kind of out with your friend grabbing fast food or grabbing a coffee, um, or with your family, if you want to take that step, um, it, it can be really, it can, it can be used in a lot of different spaces with various relationships you have. Peep me and Hannah in the Target parking lot doing that within a couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> with their chai can lattes. We, uh, can people get these, your journal and your conversation starter pack on your website? Because um, we can leave, we'll leave a link below. Yeah, so the channels. affirmation journal is available um, at bookstores and Amazon, oh, and awesome. um, the conversation card deck is exclusively available on the Girls Gotta Heal website. Wonderful, amazing. Yeah. Well, awesome. before we let you go, we love to end every episode like with a survival tip, um, <laughs> so they can go out into the world. Um, <laughs> what would be so for this survival tip? What would be the best first step in starting a new connection? after experiencing trauma? Oh, um, oh my God. Part of me is like, did I create a reel on that? Or I have, I have it and I have not posted it yet. <laughs> I, I swear. To, no, I, I, I swear to God, I have it. I didn't post it yet. Um, I am psychic. Um, you can all call us and see it. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, did you see that already? No, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, did I post that? <laughs> um, I would say, honestly, I'm, I'm huge in reflection and journaling and all of that. I think before you answer a new relationship, and if you are someone who has experienced trauma or loss, which most of us have in various ways, take time to look at your last relationship, how it ended. Sometimes it's hard for us to go back there, mm-hmm. but really pick apart, you know, um, what worked well in that, what you would like to see in your next relationship, what didn't go well, and um, were your needs being met? And what did you fold? What did you fold on that you wouldn't have uh, going into the relationship? Because sometimes we compromise like uh, too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I would just say reflecting on your last relationships and what worked worked well and what didn't. Amazing! I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that, that's a really insightful way, and it's also a really good way to like gain self awareness for yourself too, for sure. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely lovely talking to you. I have enjoyed this thoroughly. I would love to give the mic all to you. Let the gals know where they can find you, where they can get more. Um, the mic is all yours. Thanks. Um, so uh, I am mostly active on Instagram. So at Girls Gotta Heal is where you can find all content related related to grief, trauma, loss, relationships, um, just surviving through the week honestly there's content on that um and you can also go to um, girlsgottaheal.com so on there you can find the shop so you can shop for the conversation card deck as well as crew necks and um i also have my own podcast girls gotta heal podcast amazing love that stunning well thank you so much for coming on we've thoroughly enjoyed this and i hope the gals have had their questions completely answered 
Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bye.